Welcome to the Bold Dreamer podcast. I am your host, Christina, and as always, I am so glad that you're here. This podcast, if you're new, was really the dream and just um, a desire that I've had for so long to get women's stories out there of dreams that they're chasing of things that they've wanted to do and how they've navigated getting there. And as the seasons have gone on, it's been such a gift to talk to all these people because not only are we hearing their journeys and how they got to where they're going, but they are sharing some invaluable knowledge that you would only get if you worked with them one-on-one or hired them or, you know, whatever their craft is. And today's episode is no exception. It is with Ashley Edwards. I have been friends with Ashley for years and she started her own functional nutrition therapy practice. And she has healed people with all different types of conditions using food and supplement. And it is such a hot topic right now because a lot of people really are starting to lean into how can I functionally and naturally heal myself instead of, you know, turning always to Western medicine, which definitely has its place. And she also, while having her own practice, is getting certified as an esthetician and has some really incredible insights to the way that we're treating our skin and what we should and should not be doing. We cover everything today from her top tips for hormone balance and wanting to get pregnant to gut integrity all the way to being pro-Botox. So... I think there is so much valuable information in here and a lot to learn from this episode in particular, especially if you are on any type of health journey or even remotely interested in starting to turn around your health or improve it in any capacity. So she is so knowledgeable and just so incredibly smart. And I'm so grateful that she shared so much stuff that she knows with us. So Um, As always, grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, or for me, I've switched to decaf. I know, crazy. And sit at the table with us and get inspired, learn a little something new. And thank you so much for being here. Let's get into it. Okay, so I'm here with Ashley, and thank you so much for doing this with me. I love Ashley so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so excited to do this. I feel like your life has had so many evolutions since like the last time we did a little dinner night together. Um, And I can't wait to like really dive into it because I think you have so much useful info on like so many different areas of life that people will really, really resonate with. But before we get into that, I have to ask you, what is your favorite way to take your coffee? Oh, um, that is a great question. Um, a little bit of almond milk, cinnamon, hot, and maybe um, some organic vanilla. Ooh, that's actually minus the almond milk because I think almond milk kind of makes my coffee taste funny. So I'll use like different non-dairy creamers, but that reminds me, and I forgot to do it to my coffee today. I've been putting like a drop of vanilla in and cinnamon for blood sugar regulation. Wonderful. Game in changer. In the morning. Yes. And it makes the coffee taste so good and like fall. Yeah. <laughs> Forcing fall a, over here in California. It's a nice way to get, you know, your flavored latte without all the crap. Without all the stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. It's a fancy coffee. Yeah. Um, okay. So I know what you do and I'm all caught up on everything, but if you could break it down for everybody, what it is you do and how you got there. And I know Ashley is kind of going through a little bit of an evolution in her career in like the coolest way. Um, and if you want to get into that too, but yeah, maybe start with blue health and, and the path to that and what you do and and we'll get into the rest. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have a nutrition practice. um, And then 
kind of the title in quotes is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. Um, so it's really using food as as therapy to help heal um, a huge kind of scale of symptoms um, between you know, food plans and supplements. Um, also lifestyle and mindset is a really big part of it. Um, and I kind of got into this because, I mean, in all honesty, Western medicine has a great place in our lives. But um, when I was sick, you know, and went down that path, I went to all the biggest doctors. Um, I went into Georgetown. I mean, anywhere you could go. Um, and I just wasn't getting well. Um, and so through using food as medicine, supplements, diet change, lifestyle change, I was well. And for the first time in, you know, seven years of being sick, felt not only human, but felt the best that I had ever felt. Um, and when I had experienced that relief, you know, something just clicked in my head and was like, I have to do this. I have to be able to to tell people about this because unless you're you know, involved in that kind of Eastern world, it's not super obvious and it's not super blatant and it's not always the easiest to access, you know, depending where you are. Um, and so that's kind of when my path started down this road. Um, I went to a different couple schools um, to kind of get that education aspect of it. Um, and then uh, with my practice, you know, it's evolving as, you know, nutrition and health always is. Um, but that's really what got me started. That's what got my interest. I've, I've been there. I'm able to relate to my clients because I understand how it feels. Um, and so kind of just, yeah, going from there, always evolving. Um, but that's kind of how I got started down that path. So I'm so curious. When you say you were sick, what were you experiencing? Because as, like you said, as somebody that is so deep in the holistic world, a lot of these things seem like kind of obvious to us. Mm -hmm. um, and then sometimes like somebody will ask me a question or I'm sure you get questions and it's like, oh my God, I can't believe that these people don't know like X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. um, so when you say you were sick, what did that look like to you for maybe somebody else that is experiencing this and it's like, oh, it's just my normal. Right. Um, so I would break it down into two parts. When I first got sick, it was, you know, air quotes, sick, sick, where I had actually contract, uh, contracted a amoeba in my GI tract. Um, and from there, it just was a ripple effect of health issues. I mean, chronic nausea, throwing up, inability to maintain weight, brain fog, anxiety, not thriving in school, not thriving socially. Um, and part of that was, I mean, our gut affects everything, right? So when that got messed up, it kind of trickled into other parts of the body. Um, but also, you know, the treatments for that amoeba were hardcore antibiotics that had its own <laughs> array of issues as well. Um, and so through food and supplements, I was actually able to heal, A, the um, uh, parasitic infection, bacterial infections, um, the anxiety, the nausea, all of that, but then also heal the integrity of my gut that had, you know, really taken a hit from those drugs that I had to take. Um, and then before that, I think nutrition could have really helped me before I had gotten the amoeba. I mean, I was born with acid reflux, grew up in a standard American household before we got into this, ate the standard American diet, um, did have some trouble focusing, um, more anxiety tendencies, but not full blown like when I got sick. Um, so I think both parts where my health was not optimal, nutrition could have helped, but then also when I actually, you know, had a diagnosed health condition, it also helped. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, when your gut is off, oh. everything, it's just like trickle after trickle after trickle. Yeah. And it's unbelievable how much can be fixed and made better by focusing just like on stomach first. Yep. 
Um, and not like, like you said, like, yeah, your anxiety got worse, but it's not like, okay, let's go down the anxiety path. Let's right. go down this path. Like, let's start at the stomach. Right. <laughs> and that is so much food and supplement. Um, so when you were starting Blue Health, from what I know, at least, I'd love mm-hmm. to hear like the behind the scenes of it. You basically like I remember sitting with you and we like worked on your website together oh and gosh. remember <laughs> and you're just like I'm gonna do it and I'm like you're gonna do it you know like I love like watching people just like chase the shit out of what makes them happy yes but it seems like you kind of started and it's just been like good as did you have do you have like the ebbs and flows of it or did you because you went to school for this and then started and obviously like had a few clients to start with and has it just like continued to evolve forward without much struggle or like what does that look like on the on the back end of running a health practice yeah I mean I think in all honesty starting a health practice is challenging because it is an industry that requires a lot of trust from clients. Mm. You know, it's not like starting a painting company, you know, like my family's in the trades that I feel like doesn't require as much trust. I'm not saying it's easier, but when you're going to a practitioner to entrust with your whole health, yeah, you know, you pick them wisely, right? Um, and so I would say in the beginning, it took a lot of my initial clients getting well. And then when they have that trust in me, their recommendation from word of mouth is priceless. I mean, you know, if you see a Google ad and it's like nutrition supplements, come stop by. It's like, yeah, no. But when your friend's like, Hey, I felt awful. And this practitioner changed my life you can't put a price tag on that because it's literally the quality of your life. Um, So once I got through that kind of initial period where I was able to have enough time to, you know, to show people that they can heal and they do heal, it really took off from there. Um, Mm -hmm. Word of mouth is my favorite type of client because I want them to come ready and I want them to come knowing that I'm just as invested as they are. And that's really how I find, I think, the best fit of clients. But yeah, I mean, in the beginning, you have to build trust with your community. You know, you're yeah taking on someone's health. But um, after, you know, the beginning, um, word of mouth just, it just kind of, you know, took off from there. That's amazing. I always say that like word of mouth is priceless. Yes. And because the people that are taking the time to spread your business by word of mouth are so diehard on you. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? And like you said, you know, I obviously have experienced um, things with you and, and I obviously trust you. And, um, but then there's practitioners out here that I've found that I'm like, Oh my God, like anybody I talk to that's local, I'm like, you have to go here. Like she, you know, knows what she's doing. And, and it really is like, you cannot, say enough good things about somebody that has Mm -hmm. had such an impact on your life. And that is like this amazing trickle effect. I mean, I even see it, like I sell candles and perfume, like truly. And once somebody gets hooked and like loves it so much, they will tell everybody they know, like any opportunity. Yeah, It's like, oh, well, like, let me tell you about this perfume I bought, you know? Um, And those, those customers, like you said, off the bat, like trust you and also become diehard. <laughs> well, it, it happens organically, right? Which is yeah. kind of ironically a whole part of what both you and I do. And so, yes, it takes more time. It's not instant gratification, but it's the quality, if that makes sense, of your... Yes, because it's not gimmicky. It's not salesy. It's not like pushing, buy this, do this. Yeah. Um, I'll change your life. It's like, right. no, I'm just going to stay in my lane. Yep. Do what I do best mm-hmm. and trust 
that the rest will come because I'm focusing on what I'm good at doing. And that's, I mean, that's my big, one of my biggest beliefs and why I started a practice is I want it to be organic, natural, honest, you know, full of integrity. And the scary part, you know, about choosing what kind of businesses you want to work with is you don't know where they're coming from. And exactly what you said, I don't want it to be salesy. I don't want it to be forced. If it's not a good fit for you, that's great. But you're right. I'm going to stay in my lane. And, you know, when I do work with my client, that's my investment. Yes, 100%. So I would love to, if this is like stuff you can divulge, I think it is, um, like some of the most common things you see. So I've been very open about it. Um, So I have a lot of people like reach out to me about like, fertility stuff. I have a lot of people reach out to me about like gut stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like PCOS is kind of having its moment right now. Uh, A lot of people with PCOS. And I think it's a lot of people coming off birth control for the first time that are like wanting to get pregnant. And they're like, oh shit, I have PCOS and had no idea. Like multiple, multiple people. Um, I've had like asked me questions about that. So like, what are, is that kind of like in line with what you see or do you see more of one type of thing? And what are like recommendations that you, that you give people that are pretty across the board? You know, Mm -hmm. I know everybody is super individualized, Mm -hmm. but um, I think there are like threads and trends and a lot going on. And so many people feel like, oh my God, I need to fix this. Let me jump off this extreme to try to fix it. But I don't think that's your approach either. So no, what do you, yeah. No, that's a great question. Um, for things that I see commonly in my practice, it um, it's, d- doesn't discriminate. I see GI issues and then you take each category, right? So I see GI, that can be, a gazillion different things. What about the GI, right? I see, I do see a lot. I am seeing a lot of hormone imbalances. So PCOS, endometriosis, even just estrogen dominance, infertility. Um, I do work with a lot of women on hormonal health. Um, but then I also, you know, I've had, um, I've worked with some addiction. I've worked with, uh, a lot of anxiety, depression. Um, that's super prevalent. Um, yeah, GI, just inflammation, arthritis, joint pain. I mean, really, if you think about it, it's what you do every day, all day is eat. Um, and so literally there is not one thing that it cannot support to some degree. Yeah. So, I mean, everything. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the hormone disruption has been um, definitely increased. I, I see it a lot. I would say After COVID, to be honest, a lot of anxiety and depression has come through my door. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, my belief is that the majority of illness or even just we can label it as symptoms um, is contributed to stress. So we we have to shift our mindsets. We have to shift our whole entire nervous system. And COVID forced us to do that, but then also enervated our nervous systems. Right. Mm. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that come out. Um, but for the hormonal health, birth control is playing a factor in it. Um, I believe our food source is playing a huge factor. There are a lot of endocrine disruptors in our food source, in our products, um, what our food is coming in, um, all kinds of things. Um, but the good news is all of it is supportable. I had a client, um, who was doing IVF for two years, couldn't get pregnant, put her on a plan for four months and her baby's now here with us. So stop. Yeah. And he's adorable. (laughs) So just like obviously personal investment for me and I, I've not been, cause like, we're not like actively, uh, Jordan's in Japan right now. Like (laughs) nothing is actively happening. (laughs) Um, 
but you know, it's obviously on our mind. I'm 35. I have a lot of friends that have not had babies yet that Mm -hmm. are also like in their thirties and, or coming up on their thirties and they're starting to be like, Oh my God, like Mm -hmm. I'm running out of time. And then they're like finding out they have PCOS or they're like, haven't, they went off birth control and haven't gotten their periods in a year or, you know, whatever it may be. I feel like a lot of people that like listen to this, um, are in this boat. So obviously like disclaimer, everybody is different. Yeah. But if you were going to give like, say top four things Mm -hmm. for people that are looking to regulate their hormones that they know for sure are off, what would your like, okay, it doesn't have to be four, but like you're just your top recommendations in general. Oh, it's so hard because, um, hormones are driven by so many different things for different people. And then if you want to specifically address infertility, it is so incredibly different mm. for everyone. That's, I'm not it's, sure I understand. Sorry about that. Oh, Siri. <laughs> Should I'm not sure I understand. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, it's so different for everyone that it's, it's really hard to say. Um, but if I were to give a recommendation, whole food diet yes. and the, the, I don't even like the word diet, the whole food plan and lifestyle. Yes. Thank you. Lifestyle. What I would say about that is this seems simple, but rebuilding your relationship around food, you cannot mm. eat in fear. If I eat this, Amen. is this going to screw up my hormones? Is this going to, yes. is this going to decrease my chance of getting pregnant? The stress of that alone, you might as well just go to McDonald's because that's yeah. how impactful it is. I, I can't say it enough, right? So if you do, and, and I'm not a big fan of fad diets because everyone's so different, but just a nutrient-dense whole food diet, cut the processed yeah. stuff out. That would be number one. Yeah. One of my favorite things I've heard about that in particular is, because um, I, you know, I listen to like all these other podcasts too, mm-hmm. and they're like, you need to focus on like, don't go cutting stuff out. Like maybe your, your like high sugar stuff. I, I don't eat gluten. I'm not like crazy about it. I just don't, um, don't go crazy about cutting stuff out. But what you want to focus on is adding stuff in. And Absolutely. when you switch your mindset to adding stuff in, you automatically cut out that like deprivation, like, oh my God, I just want to treat so bad. Right. Because, okay, you're going to have a cookie. Right. A gluten-free cookie. What, maybe like what nut butter could you add in to eat with your cookie that just makes it a little more nutrient dense, like you were saying. Um, So I know cookie is not a whole food, but if, you know, it's, it's, baby steps too. Yeah. I think. One and um, a, yeah, a big part of it is well for me meeting my client where they are, but also meeting yourself where you are. And yes. One percent is better than zero percent. And as humans we have this mentality, it's all or nothing. That is yes. that is your biggest enemy, truly. I love that so much. Okay, so what else? Yeah, so and then What I also would say about the food is I will say that dairy and gluten are big hormone disruptors. So I will put that out there by whole foods. I mean, vegetables, fruits, sometimes nuts or seeds, if you're able to tolerate them and then really clean protein. Um, But yeah, I would like to put the disclaimer that usually if we're dealing with hormones, gluten and dairy are going to come out unless you have a reason where it wouldn't, but I'll put that out there. And then... (laughs) Number two, um, I have done, and I actually haven't talked about this on my own social media yet, a lot of research on alcohol Mm. and endocrine disruption. I was just talking to someone about this last night. There's a lot of evidence between alcohol consumption and nowadays moderate amounts. I'm not talking every day. I'm talking just the weekends. In my experience and in my opinion, it's enough to dysregulate hormones. So removal of alcohol would be number two. 
Mocktails. Mocktails for the win. Yeah. I found so many good functional mocktails. Yeah. Are the best. Yeah. And you can, you can actually get mocktails or make mocktails. I have some great recipes um, that have added nutrients that are supportive. Magnesium, ashwagandha. I mean, there's so many things nowadays because this is a trend now. So it is. I love, yes. I love that like cutting booze is becoming cool. I know. I have not drank in years. I've not drank in years. And I literally was talking to somebody about this last night and I'm like, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling you, I know like alcohol puts such a stress on your body mm-hmm. and it it's always met with the, but I just do it socially or I'm always like, you know, my husband drinks or whatever. Yeah. And even Jordan has stopped drinking for the most part. Yeah. I mean, he does sometimes. But I was saying last night, like stopping drinking has become, I think maybe one of like my favorite parts of my lifestyle Yeah, because one, I literally, with the exception of like maybe a little flair here and there, I feel good all the time. Yeah. Um, you don't get that like stress feeling mm-hmm. like, like you were saying, like even moderate amounts and I don't know if this is related or not, but I know like after a night of drinking, I feel so stressed out the next morning. Like what did I do, I shouldn't drink. Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> and I like that has to play on your entire system, oh, right? Like aside from even the alcohol, just like wreaking total havoc. Um, well, yeah, yeah, like I, yeah. yeah, I've started following like all these mocktail people and they're mm the freaking best like the functional mocktails oh yeah give me that all day (laughs) yeah and I mean we are in a society today where we consciously or a lot of the times subconsciously live in a state of fight or flight alcohol increases cortisol cortisol is a stress hormone so you're you know the body is is viewing that as a stress it's ethanol it literally fuels our cars like no amount is helpful Truly. Um, and, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's an up and coming, I think topic that's going to become super hot because, and, and I was there, I grew up and it's like alcohol is a celebration, right? I was a wine. Yes, I was like, yes, it's nothing to be ashamed of, but what it's becoming is just like doctors used to smoke cigarettes on the TV now they're not. I think the same thing is coming with alcohol. It's mm, like we've masked it. It makes a lot of money. It makes sense to advertise it. It's there's it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. And and inside for anybody that's inside the holistic um world sees like yeah. that. I feel like that's one of the number one things. And I get a lot of questions doing. Like, well, what about what about organic wine? And it's like, that's a great question. There are less sulfites, but it's still alcohol. Um, so anyone out there that's like, well, what about this? What about that? I'll put that out there. It's still alcohol. Um, it's kind of like eating an Oreo versus a gluten-free Oreo. Is it, is it, does it make it amazing? (laughs) No, but you know, Um, slightly better. I suppose Not, not as bad. Right. Not as bad. Yeah. So that's kind of that, that recommendation is more so on the new side for me, but I've witnessed Mm -hmm. a lot of healing from that. So I think it's worth saying, um, it, it might ruffle a couple of feathers, but it's just the truth. Um, I'm here for it. I love it. Yeah. Um, I think it's so, um, it also forces you to really like get to know yourself some in deep a different way. Healings, healing comes. Yeah. And I think that is like a really, really beautiful side effect. Yeah. That's not necessarily something you're going after. It just happens yeah. from stopping. Yeah. I totally So what are you going to do on Friday night? You're going to sit with yourself. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so true. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say, I mean, that's a really big one. Um, and again, you don't have to be a heavy drinker, but two glasses of wine a week, it's still impacting you. So it's just, yeah. it, it's a notable, you know, second um, 
point to make. Um, and then I would say the other one, um, it's so hard to say because I'm all the clients are so different, but um, I don't know if this counts, but find a practitioner that can validate how you feel and help you find the root cause because it is so different for everyone and there are answers. There are ways to balance these hormones. Um, and so finding a, an authentic practitioner that is willing to do the nitty gritty work with you because it, yes. it's not as easy as taking a pill. I'll be the first one to admit that it's not no. the instant gratification and convenience that we are so fond of today. It takes work. It takes trial and error. Um, but finding what, what really is going on with you, why? And then you ask why yes. 10 times, keep going until you get to the very rock bottom of it. Um, and advocate for yourself, especially if, yeah. if Western medicine is what you mostly have access to. I mean, now we have a lot of telehealth, so you can find practitioners all over the world, but, um, it, being a big advocate for yourself, don't let getting dismissed deter you or, you know, make you feel like, oh, well, maybe they're right. I just, I'm just going to settle for this. Yeah. I think like one of the biggest things too is, um, oh, well, your blood works normal. Oh, You're fine. God, like <laughs> I, I like I'm not I don't even do anything with health anymore like literally I am in my cave like yeah. making things I do not even do so and I hear this all the time and I'm like push for blood work like my advice to you like you said advocate tell your doctor you're getting fucking blood work done mm-hmm. make them do it and see what comes up and then when they say like something everything looks normal there's gonna be a practitioner exactly like you said that will look at all those labs right and be able to find something. Yeah. Um, I just got a ton of labs done. Like yeah. I just um, got so after files. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. after um, I did IVF. So I was feeling like the best I had ever felt in my life, which is like it, I'm talking since college, um, since before I ever got sick. And then I did IVF in December and I feel like every month it was like a progressive, like, uh, the bloating's coming back. The bald spots are coming back. I'm exhausted. And so I found a practitioner here that I'm like, I need somebody to like fix me. Hello. Mm-hmm. And so cool. I went and she ran all this blood work on me and she was like, this is literally like almost perfect blood work. But she went into every little thing. There were a few like inflammation markers that mm-hmm. she was like, okay, that's just like inflammation. We know you're inflamed. Right. Um, but then she went into like thyroid and she's like, yeah, you're in normal range, but you know what? You're leaning toward hypo. So you're going to start doing two Brazil nuts a day. Um, went down like zinc. Yeah, you're in normal range, but it's a little low. Here is a list of all the foods you need to start adding in to just bump your zinc a little bit, like down to that nitty gritty. There are people that will do it for you. I feel so much better. And it's like, I barely did anything. You know what I mean? Right. I just needed somebody. She took my blood for me. I just needed somebody that would sit me down and be like, this is exactly what you need to do. Because sometimes for yourself, it's like shooting in the dark. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, my stomach hurts. I'm going to take Pepto or whatever, you know? And then it's like, oh, another symptom. Right. Um, Don't, you don't need to take Pepto, but if you have to. (laughs) If you need it really bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. And, you know, if a doctor dismisses you, because it is hard to get blood work run. And here's the thing. If you're ready to be super invested Find a practitioner that knows what markers to run and have them run them. The only disadvantage is it's not covered under insurance. But a lot of the Mm -hmm. times these practitioners work, like I work with a lab, I get a good price. If there's certain markers that we need to measure, we need to see. I mean, it's equivalent of not going to Starbucks five times, right? So you can still do it. Yes. So this blood work, I know a lot of people here like practitioner and they get really scared at like the price and like the fact that it's not covered by insurance and like all this stuff. Can I tell you, I have gotten 
a ton of blood work done with like IVF or I've got, you know, always Mm -hmm. had this blood work done. And when you're running blood work in a lab, like, I don't know, Quest or whatever these labs are, you're looking at like 1200 bucks of blood work. Right. And then like insurance covers a portion. Right. This naturopath that I went to took my blood for me. She was like, I'm not going to like bump up the price or like make it more. Yeah. And the entire panel that insurance did not cover was like $200. Yeah. Which is basically the portion that insurance wouldn't pay for anyway, anyway on the other blood work. Right. So I think people like psych themselves out on seeing these holistic practitioners yeah. thinking it's so much more expensive, but in the long run, like you're, you don't, you're, you're paying the same and you're not going to have to see doctors anymore. Yeah. And you know? there are, and, and find your match, right? Some practitioners, yeah, yeah it's expensive as heck. Other practitioners is more, it's more in your budget. So you just have to find what feels right for you. It is still an investment, but it's a good one and make sure it feels yeah. right with you. Cause I mean, yeah, sometimes they can be a little bit high, but you know, find the one that works for you. And then if you're trying to achieve a certain goal with that practitioner and you, and we do want blood work, they should know which markers are worth investing in. You don't have to do right. the whole three grand of blood work, maybe there's five really important markers and that's affordable. And if it's not, then you're in the wrong spot because five markers should be affordable. Right. So, um, do you, or like other practitioners, um, take like payment plans? Do you like let people split stuff up? And like, I feel like a lot of people are very willing to do that too, which makes it a lot more manageable. Yeah. I do do payment plans. One of the one of the really important reasons to me to start my practice was to make it affordable because I believe that this type of work and this type of healthcare, in a sense, is a right. Everybody should have access to this. And if you, if you want to do it and you can't because it's too expensive, to me, that is like devastating. That just breaks my heart. And so it should be amazing. It should should be. It shouldn't be only for people. Yeah. And people shouldn't have to like go into in thousands and thousands of dollars in debt to like not be sick anymore. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So yes, payment plans and then it's just affordable. I'm never going to charge a gazillion dollars. I just won't do it. It's not. I love you. And I love that. And too, from a patient standpoint or like from a client standpoint, like, yes, we're getting invaluable information, but so much of the work is getting done on at home, Yes, you know? So it's, it's a tough pill to swallow to pay thousands and thousands to see a practitioner and then spend hundreds on supplements and then hundreds on new food and all this stuff. So, um, that is really amazing that you're doing that. And I mean, and I'll say this, this also might (laughs) ruffle some feathers, but (laughs) we love to ruffle feathers. A lot of people will say the more expensive something is, the more value someone will see in it. And I find that to be complete BS because guess what? Someone else in this world knows what you know. You are not the only one who knows it, or you'd be on national news, right? Someone else in this world knows that information that you know on how to help people get better. Yes. And so making it affordable is the right thing to do. And it is invaluable to help someone feel better. I'm not saying charge such a small amount, you can't make a living, but you don't need to charge such an amount just because you feel, you know, information that other people don't have. That's wrong. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, yeah. I, I go off on that. <laughs> go off. <laughs> go off. Yeah. No, I think, and too, from just like an energetic standpoint, the way that you're approaching it, like that will come back to you tenfold. Like right. on a spiritual level, on a business level, on a personal relationship level. Yeah because you're doing it from such a place of truly, truly wanting to help people Mm -hmm. and not, um, yes, of course we all want to make a living. Like that's not a secret, you know, we want to make money, 
Um, but it's not in a, from a place of greed. Right. Which is really amazing. So thank you for the work you're doing out there. Yes. Is there what, just out of curiosity, and then I want to like get into all this other stuff you've been doing. So is there one supplement that you think everybody could benefit from being on? Um, like I know there's a lot of talk right now about, uh, colostrum Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of talk about adding minerals to your water, like even a supplement like that just for overall health and gut. Is there something that you see yourself giving most of the people that come in or recommending? Um, I would say, yeah, for my, I call maintainers. So the people that have kind of hit their goals and now we're just they come in like quarterly or um, annually just kind of like you would go to your GP for kind of an annual checkup but um, minerals are great because our soil no longer has adequate amounts for what our body needs so I always say it's kind of sad but the perfect person can't eat perfectly Um, and that's not to scare you information is is key right because then you can make educated decisions. So minerals are huge. Um, whether you're tracking it through really, uh, clean seafood or, I mean, or putting it in your water, trace minerals is a really nice brand. Um, doing that electrolytes are super important. Um, especially with all of the adrenal demand that we have, Mm. electrolytes are really a gentle way to support that. And then, oh, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really, really supportive. So, so, like, just like a serving of electrolytes a day, or like I take the like when I'm working out, I take the like Ultima. As I like electrolytes. Them a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe that's why I feel better too. It's huge. So they the- actually support your adrenals. Yeah, and we're just like chronically dehydrated, so mm. kind of you know, for the people that like convenience, it's a convenient way to make the water that you do drink really count. Um, and then you just want to make sure, of course, that it's, there's not a bunch of filler stuff in there. Um, I like Ultima or, uh, LM and T is a nice brand. Um, but yeah, electrolytes, minerals, and then because our soil is depleted and our food is not as nutrient dense as, you know, it was a hundred years ago, um, a nice multivitamin mm. is nice. You want but it has to be the right one, meaning it needs to be clean and it needs to be in bioactive forms, the vitamins. Um, so if you find a nice, simple uh, multivitamin. So what does that mean? What does bioactive form mean um, so for the people? Vitamins have two forms. There's an inactive form and an active form. Um, it is much better to take the active form. The reason inactive um, even exists is because, of course, it's cheaper. But the active form is a lot easier for the body to digest. And some people actually can't even digest the inactive form. Interesting. So Mm -hmm. it just goes literally right through them. Yep. Right through the urine, right out. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of soil, Mm -hmm. have you heard of the supplement called Ion? The actual supplement name is Ion? Yeah, I-O-N, Mm-mm. and it's like a liquid. Mm-mm. My practitioner started me on this, and I swear it has, like, changed my life. Really? I'll have to look There's, like, that. a few supplements, but the whole premise behind it is that the soil is depleted. So yeah. it, like, gives your body essentially – it's like the ant- – I, I don't know how to describe it. I, I couldn't. Um, I think the way she said it was, it's kind of like the anecdote to the depleted soil. Yeah. Yes. And you take like three teaspoons of it a day. It, it literally tastes like water, which is the craziest part. And I'm like, how is this doing anything? But um, it has like regulated my system unlike it has ever been regulated in my life. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes we look at health way too complex. A lot of the times it's really actually simple. It's not as, it's not as scary as we think it is. And we're living day to day, right? In another life, I would like to be one of, you know, someone that goes and actually fixes the soil or lobbies against certain, you know, companies and 
does the big change, but here we're living day to day. Yes. And we're helping where we can. So yeah, that's a great example to kind of counter the effect on the soil. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so pivoting a little bit mm-hmm. on top of, you've always been very um, like interested, I guess, in skin and having clear skin. And I know you struggled with your skin mm-hmm. for a while. So now on top of running your own practice, you are in school to be an esthetician. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. So yeah. what is kind of the whole story behind that? Or is that the story you've just felt called to it? Yeah. I, I've done nutrition for a while um, and I absolutely adore it and I'm never going to stop doing it. But I felt like a part of what I wanted to be able to do to help people involve skincare and skincare is often super misunderstood. And yeah, it's very personal to me, just like nutrition is because of knowing how it feels not to feel good. I also know um, what a pain in the butt it is to have acne, right? Um, and so I felt very called to educate myself on that so that I was able to also offer that path for people to find clear skin. Um, and in, in the integrative world, a lot of the clean products are actually not great for your skin. There are certain oils that are not great to put on your skin, even if they're clean. Um, and so I kind of wanted to go down that path so I could combine them because mm-hmm. your skin's a huge organ. What you put on it does matter. It's also the last organ to get nutrients all the other organs get priority and then the last little bit gets sent to the skin. So actually giving it nutrition topically um, is super important. So I've just loved it. I like combining it. I think, you know, be healthy from the outside, but then also the inside. So are you, you're you're working like at a med spa, you're not, are you going to open like your own holistic health and skin practice? Is that like the ultimate goal or? Great question. Um, I don't know yet. Yeah. Right now I'm in an apprenticeship. Um, so I actually get to do a lot of, um, we, we get to, I get to see clients through the license mm-hmm. in Virginia and, um, and it's been fun. I don't know what my long-term goal with it is right now. I'm, I'm doing this and then also my own practice. Um, I mean, ideally, yeah, I'd have a spa right on the beach somewhere in the Gulf of Mexico, but who knows? <laughs> I mean, if you put it out there, yeah. you never know. It might be it might be in your orbit. Yeah. Um, something you said was really interesting. So what you're saying is as a holistic and functional practitioner, you do not use all natural products on your skin. You opt for like the safe synthetic because it is more effective and like the natural ones a lot of times like we know so like the whole tagline that I've made with um orchid and ash is choosing clean doesn't have to feel like settling right so a lot of times you're buying like these natural products so some of my products are natural some of my products are safe synthetic right um depending on the application but you buy something and you spend all this money on it because it's natural. And then you're just like, meh, it falls flat. It goes in the back of your cabinet. Yeah. Um, it doesn't do what it says. So right. what, um, like, what are your favorite things that you've kind of discovered? Did you go into this being like, Oh, like natural skincare is it. And then your mind got changed. Well, I would say that natural skincare is never worked for me. And that confused mm. me because that's what I know. Um, actually, it would exacerbate if you, if any of, you know, um, anyone listening who's acne prone knows. I mean, a lot of natural products have coconut oil. That is like acne central. Um, and so I think I went into it with an open mind, with still holding to my belief system of I know what's bad, what I'm not going to put on my skin, but let me learn about potentially what could help. And the biggest thing is um, safe synthetic products, knowing where they come from, how they're made is all really important, but potency is a, is a 
a big part of it when you're trying to achieve a result. So if you take an herb because you have a microbiome imbalance, that's a really potent herb. It is not equivalent to eating, uh, you know, a couple pieces of that herb. This has been multiplied. It's much more concentrated, right? And it's kind of the same thing with skincare. When you want to achieve a result, it has to be a therapeutic amount, if that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. So you, it has to be formulated specifically, not like, you know, mixed together with coconut oil. Yeah. Lavender yeah. and coconut oil as right. saying it's going to solve all your problems because one, it's not enough. And two, it's, I can never say the word comedogenic. Mm-hmm. Com- That's it. Because it clogs your pores. Yeah. Um, so you have found that even using, because I think so many people that have gone down this like natural route are so scared to switch to something that's not like all natural, mm-hmm. but in the way that your skin absorbs this stuff and it works, you find it doesn't interfere with lifestyle. And I think that's a really important thing to note. Yeah. No, I would say it does not interfere and it goes right along with being clean. I mean, all natural, don't let that fool you. That's not always clean. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and it's it's not always clean in the sense that one, you, I mean, you have to trace some products really far back to even know how, how they're harvested or how they're grown. And, you know, we live in a day where preventing bacteria matters. And so, you know, some natural products are really prone to mold spore. I mean, there's a whole, it's a whole can of worms, but yeah, you have to be careful, but no, it doesn't interact and then, or interfere with my lifestyle at all. And then the other thing to note is there's a lot of, in the world of aesthetics, treatments that you can do to use your own body to heal. Mm. So micro needling, lasers, all of those cause micro injury so that your own body heals itself. So, you know, improved collagen and elastin. You don't have to take a supplement. You can literally do it to your own body. You can actually- I want to do that so bad. I have this like, I have right here, this like 11, right? Yeah. And as I get older, it's like a dent in my head. And my initial reaction is like, oh, I just want to like fill it or Botox it, but especially like before trying to have a kid, whatever, getting pregnant, I'm not going to do that yet. But, um, what are your thoughts on like Botox and fillers and are there cleaner options for those? I don't even know if they exist or would this be like a laser situation, a little PRP? Is it from the movement of your eyebrows? I I think I just sit like this a lot. Yes. So you could treat it. You could totally treat it with like microneedling or a um, fractional laser and get that bo- get your body to totally kind of give Fill you it in itself. Yeah, give you a new kind of sheet of skin. The problem is when it's muscular and it's the way your face moves, maintaining it. Um, typically, they would recommend Botox. 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 Have you seen those memes where it's like I'm throwing out all my cleaning products? I'm doing this. I'm calling my friends to complain <laughs> on my way to my Botox. <laughs> on my way to Botox. It's like wiping everything down with lemon essential oil on my way to Botox appointment. Yeah. yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah. I say to that, from the studies, it's contra- it's you know, it's kind of controversial, but they do say that the toxin, it is a toxin, stays local to yeah. where it's injected so that it's not systemic. Interesting. But you know advocate for yourself, do your research. But in my, in my opinion, that brings me back to don't strive for perfection. If you're eating clean, maybe Botox, you're, you're exercising, you're using clean products and you want Botox. Okay. You know, don't strive for perfection kind of thing. So you're saying like skincare unless, okay. So back up three seconds. Mm -hmm. There's skincare that works um, that's not all natural, but then there's probably still some skincares you want to avoid. Like, are, are you 
big in avoiding like the parabens and oh my gosh things yes. like that. So there are she's not saying like go to Walmart no, and no, buy no, no, like no. whatever is on the shelf. Like there's high quality clean. They're right. it's called a safe synthetic is yeah is technically what it I guess the category it falls under. And they don't have like the parabens and the preservatives, the formaldehydes and the things that are actually toxic to your skin. She's just saying it doesn't have to be all natural. Like there could there be, are- a, yeah, like a really high medical grade vitamin C serum that's super bioavailable versus like the C serum that you'd buy maybe from Sephora that the potency actually is just, it's not even comparable to a medical grade right. skincare. That vitamin C may not come from food. It may right. be safely extracted in a lab or created in a lab. Yeah. Yeah. So this is another one of those like do your own research yeah. situations. Mm-hmm. Don't just like buy anything and slap it on your face. Yes. Um, you want to opt. It doesn't have to be all natural to continue this like clean lifestyle. Yeah. But opt for the safe synthetic. <laughs> yeah. Not the like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I can't even think of a brand cause I'm, I'm not like aware of any of them, but the ones that will like just poison you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't, I don't, unless it's Botox, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> Uh, I've been so on the fence about it because like, really, I wanted to do it. I actually wanted to do it before my wedding. And everybody was like, do not do your first round of Botox before your wedding because of something crazy. happened." But I've just like been so back and forth on it. And general consensus is it's fine, especially if you're not like overdoing it, you know, you're not like it's not like that big of a deal. This, I mean, Botox um, specifically, that brand's been on the market for a while and there's been no, I mean, reported, you know, injury. What I'm hearing is Botox is a health food. So. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. So for your skincare, kind of like the same thing that we did with um, health, are there certain skincare products that you cannot live without now that you think everybody could benefit from using? This is a much easier question. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Skincare is a little Please more share. universal. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I know it's hard with the health. Yeah. Yeah. Nutrition's a little different, but for skincare, um, medical grade products only. Um, so I- what are some good brands of medical grade? Because you can't just like can you buy those at Sephora even, or do you have to go to a spa, like a med spa? Yeah, you'd have to go to a med spa. Um, I mean, Amazon sells them. I don't recommend that because they can come old or, or um, you know, not stored properly. But, um, yeah, a local med spa is a great – also supporting your local business, so that's a great way to source them. Um, but a lot of med spas use, like, IS Clinical – um, Obagi, Zio is kind of a branch of Obagi, SkinCeuticals, Elastin, um, those tend to be, um, Skin Better, those tend to be really popular. Um, and all of them, they have similar products, so it's just kind of finding which one works best for you. There may be like mm-hmm. a variation of something, like a sim- something um, as simple as like vitamin E, one has it, one doesn't. So can I just play around and see, but yeah, those are all really safe, clean products. Um, uh, products that are really great. Um, I think everyone should be using a retinol. Mm-hmm. Retinol is crucial. Um, and there's all different forms of retinol. There's all different strengths of retinol. Um, a vitamin C is super important. Um, and then some type of exfoliation. So BHA or AHA, like glycolic, lactic, salicylic to kind of help move the skin. Um, and then something hydrating, so like a hyaluronic acid. Those would be kind of my starter recommendations. Every single person can benefit from being on all of those or even one of those. Yeah. Do you like your hyaluronic in your moisturizer? I know some people like put it in. Some people use it as a serum. I because Does it really matter? Um, it depends. People that have more dry skin, um, may benefit from it being in a moisturizer because um, it kind of locks in that that moisture. It's occlusive. Um, whereas mm-hmm. if 
you're more acne prone or you have more oily skin, uh, using it in a serum would be more beneficial because you don't want anything that is occlusive to the skin. Interesting. And do you also recommend um, like regular facials? Are those, do you think that that is is crucial, especially as you know, we're, you're still in in your 20s, you're, Mm -hmm. you're still nice and young. But for (laughs) us that are in the preventing, you know, everything starting to fall off our face stage, even before that, yeah, our facials. Yeah, I would say that is one of my favorite questions. Facials are super important. Mm. But how I would break it down in layman's terms is treatments provide results. Facials maintain results. So treatments are like your lasers, your microneedling. Chemical peels. They give you results. If you're trying to achieve something, one treatment is like equivalent to 10 facials. Interesting. Okay. So if you wanted to do like- make my appointments. Yeah. Like a microneedling- and a chemical peel and a laser every year or one, you know, a chemical peel and a microneedling six months apart and then maintained in between with facials. That is a way better bang for your buck. Interesting. Okay. I love that. Mm-hmm. So say for mid thirties, skin is like, uh, with the exception of like period pimples right now, mm-hmm. um, but skin is like generally okay. And we're just trying to, you know, keep the wrinkles at bay from getting, getting out of hand, what would be like the treatment for that? Um, that you'd recommend. So depending on your Fitzpatrick, so like, um, how light or dark your skin is, um, Mm -hmm. some treatments are more ideal for other candidates where some treatments are not able to be used if you have uh, more pigment. But um, I would say microneedling, and, and then for oh, go ahead for, for a lighter Fitzpatrick or a lighter skin mm-hmm. type BBL laser is my favorite treatment. Okay, and what would a good treatment for somebody with like super acne prone skin be? Um, you want to find um, a med spa that you know, is very literate in acne, um, but a, a heated laser, like a Moxie, a Clear and Brilliant, a Halo, things that heat up the skin to help um, literally burn the bacteria that causes acne. Crazy. Yeah. There's like, I feel like there's a whole world of stuff. Oh, this this I know nothing about. Yeah. This I know nothing about. I have so many questions. Um but I won't like keep you all day. So, um, yeah, that is all such good info. So I love to end every conversation with asking what is your biggest, boldest dream right now? And it can be huge or it can be like something at home or it can be, um, something that doesn't even feel attainable, but I believe that there is like such a power in putting it out into the universe. It's a great question. I have a lot. So let me pick one here. Lay them out there. Uh-huh. We want to hear it. I would say, uh, how about my oldest goal from the beginning of this? I would say one of my goals is to start a nonprofit mm-hmm. that provides education and resources to clean food to places that experience more poverty because Mm. places that experience more poverty, typically it's either a food desert and or lack of education. And that really makes me mad. So I'd like to be able to use resources and distribute them to places that don't, they don't know because no one, it's not being taught in schools or it's, it's not available in the grocery stores and it's like their kid is sick or really misbehaving or has really bad ADHD. And then the lunch is like, well, here's a blue Gatorade and a bag of Cheez-Its, you know? So I think my goal one day would to be able to start an organization that's able to reach those communities. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's going to happen. One day. You put it out there. <laughs> you put it out there. It's going to happen. Well, thank you so much. And if anybody wants to find you or work with you, mm-hmm. um, you do remote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So where can they find you? Um, and if they want to work with you in whatever capacity. Yeah. Um, my Instagram is, so Blue Health is B-L-U. Um, there's no E. So it's just blu.health on Instagram. And then my website, you can always contact me on my contact page. Um, and that's blue, bluhealthco.com. Amazing. And I will also put that in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge with us. I feel like I still have a million more questions, but I can't keep you all day. Well, thank you for having so, me. I always love to yeah. with you. Yeah, I know. I can't wait till we can do it in real life again. Hopefully someday soon. Yes. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Christina.